Are you ready for an open discussion with the best of the best and the best of what's next? Welcome to the Spotlight with Tony D'Urso. Join in on a great conversation today with one of the world's great influencers as they showcase the latest tricks and techniques that made them the game changers they are today. Now, here's Tony D'Urso. Welcome to the Spotlight. I'm your host, Tony D'Urso. The Spotlight focuses on highlighting stars, greats, and game changers. We broadcast every Friday at 1 p.m. Pacific, so please set your calendar to hear from the world's elite. Today's Spotlight interview is with Hank Moore, futurist and corporate strategist. But first, some breaking news for you. With over 2 million downloads on my weekly talk shows, our audience is loving our guest interviews, and I just want to say thanks a million. And now I'm on television with the Tony D'Urso TV show. We broadcast on Amazon, Apple, Roku, the Voice America TV network, and others. And a simple way for you to see the shows on my YouTube at Tony S-D-U-R-S-O. Remember that S, Tony S-D-U-R-S-O on YouTube. And you can also catch all my shows, including TV, by getting the app at Tony D-U-R-S-O.com slash mobile. All right. Today we're setting the stage for the spotlight to chat with Hank Moore, futurist and corporate strategist. Now, Hank Moore is the highest level of business overview expert, and he's in that rarefied circle of experts such as Peter Drucker, Tom Peters, Stephen Covey, Edwards Deming, and more. In fact, Drucker termed Hank Moore's business tree as the most original business model of the past 50 years. And just as an aside, if you're not familiar with management and Peter Drucker, do a search on him and you will see he is the foremost expert on management. He's written so many books. His material and information is in classrooms today. He is quite something in that world. And for him to say that Hank Moore's business tree is the most original business model of the past 50 years, really says something very, very astounding. In fact, the business tree is Hank's trademarked approach to growing, strengthening, and evolving business while mastering change. And Hank's current book, Nonprofit Legends, has been nominated for the Pulitzer Prize. And his new book is The Big Picture of Business, which I have here with me. It is amazing. Let's find out more and talk about this. Here we go. Welcome to the Spotlight, Hank. Uh, Glad to be back with you again. My pleasure. Great. Once again, Hank, I have the honor and pleasure of having you for an interview. I thank you so much. I should probably set the stage to tell you how I met Peter Drucker. Well, that's great, because I wanted to ask you how you became a futurist and corporate strategist, so perhaps tie that into the story as well. Well, yeah, in the area, futurist is one of those uh, terms that there's there's really about five schools of thought of futurists. Most people either know the term futurist as it relates to academia and, you know, people who do research and pontificate and things like that. And Mr. Drucker was not one of those. He hung out around academia, but he was a real-world business person. And the then the other school of thought of futurist is technology. And people would say, well, the technology gurus were futurists. Some were. Most of them succeeded because they adapted <laughs> their technologies to changing worlds. In other words, they, and that includes Bill Gates and some of those guys, They technology in and of itself doesn't change the world. It's what we do with it that that does what we need it to do. It affects business. And then there are those schools of thought of futurists that, that research, sometimes in very complicated ways, shall we say, which gets back to academia. The the school of futurists, and there, by the way, is a world future society that actually votes you in. And those of us 
that are business kind of gurus, and that's what Peter Drucker was the first of the first of those guys. And then ones that came along after him were Tom Peters, Stephen Covey, Peter Singe, W. Edwards Deming, who I knew. Uh, you know, most of them, I, I, I met them. I was much younger. They were very, very old, and they basically said, uh, you just need to carry on for the rest of us. And that was kind of daunting. So I met Peter Drucker, I guess, about 20 years ago. I was inducted into the U.S. Chamber of Commerce Hall of Fame. And I met him, and uh, he said, Ooh, you remind me of me 20 years ago, but you're <laughs> you're more in broad. So then we started working together, and I used to go out. He lived in California, at, Clare, at uh, Claremont, California, and I used to go out there and be a guest speaker on his mastery programs. And I've done it with other people, you know, other kinds of mastery programs, Tony Robbins, some of the others. But anyway... We would do. We would work with people, and one of the things that I'd used to do on the Drucker programs is, I'd say, your stated mission statement isn't as good as it can be, and they'd say, "Well, give me a new one." So I'd ask them three or four questions, and then part of what we would do is I would dictate a new mission statement. Of course, a lot of them would say, "My God, you thought that up in five minutes." <laughs> I said, no, I thought it up in 40 years, you know, but, <laughs> but, but Drucker, he loved that concept. And where did I get that idea of on the spur of the moment changing people's mission statements? You know how big I am into pop culture. Uh, there was a famous TV person in the 1950s and 60s named Steve Allen, and he was the original host of The Tonight Show. And throughout his career, he wrote 2,000 songs as a songwriter, and he wrote 70 books over the years. And they weren't all just about comedy or music. They were, some of them were about philosophy. He even had a series of mysteries. He's very eclectic. Anyway, Steve Allen in the old days of The Tonight Show would have people from the audience yell out notes, and he'd be sitting at the piano, and he'd sit there and compose a song right there on the spot. And then that kind of, that concept gave way to Johnny Carson's Stump the Band segment, and the current Tonight Show host, um, uh, Jimmy Fallon, has a variation of that, where they compose songs on the spot. That's where I got the idea. That's amazing. <laughs> From the Tonight Show. I but used anyway, to watch Steve Allen as a very young boy. Oh yeah, for a little bit. I and he was quite something back then. In fact, I I remember his voice, his antics. He was he was amazing. I didn't yeah. know that about him with writing all those books and songs. That so that's quite something yeah. And too. and so part of his thing was you yell out a few notes, and and so I did the same thing at the Drucker workshops, where I would ask them a few pointed questions. And I used to do that with corporate audiences. I did it with Disney one time. I was working with their senior management. They said, we've got to adapt our, our mission statement. Tell us what to say. I said, well, it's got to be your idea and it's got to be uh, applicable. And so they said, well, ask us whatever questions that you want. So I, I asked them questions for about for a few minutes and then I stopped them. And this was Roy Disney and Michael Eisner, their chairman and some other senior management was there. And I said, OK, you can stop talking. I, I have enough. And they said, OK, wh what did you glean from all of this? This should be our new mission statement. And I turned around and I grabbed a marks a lot pen and I was at the whiteboard and I wrote Walt Wood exclamation point with Mickey Mouse ears under the exclamation point. And of course you could hear a pen drop when I said that. And I looked at Roy and said, hey, what's the problem? <laughs> he said, you just said the word that no one says in public. I said, would? You would if you could. It's all about change management. He said, no, you know what I'm talking about. And I said, what's the problem? He was, you, you, you people are afraid to mention his name? He was your uncle, for goodness sakes. And Roy said, none of us think we can measure up. I said, I believe that Walt would think that you do. So you see yourselves as 
the spear carriers of the legacy into the next generation and the one after that. That's what he'd be wanting you to, to do. That's what Walt Wood is about. And they made it their mission statement. And then I gave him another idea at the time that blew him away. I said, by the way, why is it no one talks about the founder of this company? Well, maybe we should start talking about him. And in 1998, I said to them, this one I was doing this workshop, I said, and that was about the time I had just met Mr. Drucker, and he encouraged me to do this. He said, tell them, you know, give them the big, broad ideas. Most of them can handle it. I said, well, do you people not know that Mr. Disney's 100th anniversary is coming up? You should make every aspect of your sales and marketing activities focused on Walt and who he was and educate younger generations as to who he was. And that's exactly what they did. And so three years later, 2001 was the 100th anniversary. And so that became a major part so, you know, anniversaries and focusing and recalling the past, it doesn't mean you, and, and I think we talked about that the last time when I was talking about my legends books, you know, we don't want to live in the past, we want to learn from it. I'm very impressed by that. And now Disney, when they have 50 years of the park, they just did a big thing on that. And right. it's really something to celebrate. And I love back to the thing on what would the founder do? It really puts people in those shoes looking at it from the founder's point of view. And I think that's applicable business advice for any business where the founder has moved on. You know, case in point would be Apple. What would Steve do? How would Steve handle this? What? How would Steve look at this scenario and, and solve it? And I think that really opens up people to better insights in right. terms of good business decisions. That's very brilliant. And there were other founders, by the way, besides Steve Jobs. In fact, I wrote about them in one of my previous books. It was called Pop Icons and Business Legends. That was my eighth book. And and I talked about who the other founders are. You know, the problem with, with, with doing strategic planning, obviously that's what I do and that's what I advocate. And the new book, of course, The Big Picture of Business, embodies everything I've been doing as an advisor. You know, I don't just write books. I write books that include material that you can only put in a book because you've been there and done that. Or when you've advised all these companies in changing their big picture, then you can write about it because a lot of people can't write about it because they haven't done those things. But but going back and, and refreshing what glory got the company off the dime in the first place, what got them into new marketplaces. When you do strategic planning and you revisit old plans, if you go back not to wistfully live in the past, you just want to see what the glory was in the good old days, and then you put new coats of paint on it, that becomes your planning and your strategy for the future. And Because a lot of companies particularly older companies, and they've had generations of management that have passed on or retired or both, some of them don't even remember. I was working a few years ago, and my client was a very famous corporation, Uniroyal, the tire company. I was advising them, and one of the things that I told them, I kind of uh, said, we should be doing in having involvements with youth sports programs, and that should be an important part of your marketing. Oh, great idea. You know, and I said, by the way, guess who had that idea originally? Your company. And, and it, it just dumbfounded them to know that 40 years earlier, their company was the first corporate sponsor that founded Little League Baseball of America, and they didn't even know it. This is The Spotlight with Tony D'Urso. Just ahead, the chat continues with Hank Moore, futurist and corporate strategist. But first, it's time for us to take a short break. See you back here in just a moment. This is the Voice America Influencers Channel. 
Be inspired. You have a message. You want to share that message. You want it to be social, to go viral, and spread across the planet. But how do you get started? Tune into Amplify, featuring host Ken Roshan. This show is here to help you take that message and channel it through the most effective marketing techniques to not only be successful, but have a positive impact on the world. Tune in live Monday at 8 a.m. Pacific Time and 11 a.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Influencers Channel and get amplified. The Voice America Live Events Channel is here now to showcase your corporate, individual, or organization's live event. Visit voiceamerica.com forward slash live events to see all of our past live events and find out more. Whether it's a multi-day conference, special speaker, or single-day event, we've got everything to make your event a success. We can do a few hours or a few days. For more information about taking your event to the next level, call Jeff Spinard at 480-294-6417 or email info at voiceamerica.com. Again, that's Jeff Spinard at 480-294-6417 or send us an email to info at voiceamerica.com. Voice America is where you are and where you want to be. Join us around the globe as we broadcast live from some of the most interesting events available. Don't forget to view all our live events, including on-demand access to past events that you may have missed by visiting voiceamerica.com forward slash live events. Now you don't have to stay linked to your desktop or laptop. Take Voice America on the go and listen anywhere. Get our mobile app for iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android at the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. We don't follow. We lead. Join us. The Voice America Influencers Channel. Listening to the Spotlight with Tony D'Urso. We'd love to hear from you via email. Be sure to send questions and comments to Tony at TonyDURSO.com. Now, back to the Spotlight. All right, we're back with Tony D'Urso on the Spotlight. Today's show is with Hank Moore, futurist and corporate strategist. Hank advised many of the top CEOs on strategy, leadership, and growth including Disney, Marriott, Hewlett-Packard, AT&T, United Way, Texaco, and hundreds more. He advises company about the big picture issues which profoundly affect the business climate. And he's presented think tanks for five U.S. presidents and spoken at six economic summits. All right, and now back to the chat with Hank. That's quite something, how times change and the current Incumbents of a business or corporation don't necessarily know what the founder had done or the the original right. board and so forth. And the fact that you, coming from an outside position to give them strategy information, found that out and served it back to them, that's quite something. Well, and that's, you know, you would think people internally could do that, but that's just not their, you know, you know that's just not their forte. You know, what we do, and I think I've, I've said this, you know, when I was on the show with you a couple of times before, as an outside advisor, you come in and give them, you give them great ideas, and the way that I usually operate is once we leave the room, they're their ideas. That's Some right. consultants don't think that way, their ego. And, and so when I go around and talk and, uh, and speak at conferences and write books and stuff, I'm not going to uh, say things out of school that they don't, you know. You know, you, you want to respect that they're their ideas. And, 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 cor- and companies, small companies, you know, would be well served to listen to every employee and listen to them well, because everyone is going to have a great idea. And then once you leave the room, they're the company's ideas. Now, that brings up an interesting point. One is getting too much advice. Let's say a company has a thousand employees. It's quite some work. You know, but it can be done serving the employees for ideas. But right now, aside from that, where do you find businesses get their business advice? How do they go about this? What's the current scenario right now in the market? How does that How does that work? Well, most of them either don't get advice or they get it from the wrong sources or they get it from whoever they can grab it from. The first level that a lot of people get 
business advice is from hearsay and third hand. They'll listen to comments that people make at parties and networking groups. And a lot of times they're very uninformed sources or friends of friends or, you know, that someone will, will say, they say that thus and such. So if the people automatically think, well, then my business needs to go that way. You know, that's just the first level. The second source that people get interest, get advice from and information is what, what I call people uh, 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 putting information out there. You know, they'll do a Google search and they'll go on the Internet. Well, the reality is that if you wanted to do some research on certain topics, including futurism, including diversity, including total quality management, including supply chain management, most of what you're going to find out there on the Internet is some consultant that's going to give you little bits of information, but they're mainly doing it to sell their services. So there, you've got to look at what's out there in Google searches as advertisements, for consultants. And then the third level that people get their information from, and this, by the way, I'm, I'm actually going to give you uh, some various levels. The next level where people get their information is from people selling stuff. You know, they'll, they'll say, well, you know, website consulting, if you change your website, it's going to change your business. And my answer is no. Uh, it's a contributing factor, but it's not going to change your business. So you you these suppliers can give you information, but you need to fo focus on the strategy and then how the suppliers factor in. And then you get on the next level. I just said a couple of minutes ago, talk to everybody in your company and pick their brain and get their ideas. I would call that internal management. The people you work with, you know, meld what the people are saying, and then that becomes your next corporate culture. And that's a good source, but the other reality, however, is most people that run businesses are not experts on business. So the next level, what, you know, in other words, what I'm, I'm giving these, these plateaus, these different categories, at, it, it's kind of in the order that people try to go out and reach and grab and get advice. So once they've done their due diligence and talked to their, their people, then they go out and get niche experts. And that would be, you know, your, your uh, trainers and your researchers and accountants and technology and all that. But also don't fall into the trap of thinking that just because a technology consultant or an accountant advises something, that that's all you need is just that niche perspective. You don't. And then the next level that people get ideas is what I call you know, educational programs. They'll go uh, and listen to speakers and go to seminars and participate in conferences and webinars. And again, you're going to hear a variety of speakers on a variety of topics. You know, when I speak at the conferences, I'm usually doing the opening keynote. But then sometimes you can learn as much, if not more, from the breakout speakers where they'll talk to you about, you know, niche topics, you know, and then, then you get the next category is books. Now, I realize that that's a kind of a thorny issue. There, the general public would be surprised to know that there are 300,000 books published every year, and yet readership is down. So you have to decide, I'm going to read a few of them. You can't read them all, and obviously you want to, you want to get you know, bigger, broader books that have compendiums of, of material. That's the kind I write. You know, it's the kind Drucker used to write. It's the kind that, uh, you know, they're very encyclopedic, the ones I do. There's a little of something on every niche in there, how they relate to the big picture. So then, and then the next levels of where people get advice, there are a couple other levels, is what I call advocacy groups. You know, you want to get, you know, some people participate in programs like Vistage and, um, you know, you and, and professional associations. You know, talk to leaders in your profession, in your industry, and find out what worked for them. You know, and then the next level after that would be skilled 
advisors, you know. Uh, you know, D- Disney didn't start out getting me. They'd been in business, you know, 60 years before they ever met me. And they'd had other consultants. You know, you kind of work your way up. And uh, so that's kind of where people get the advice. Hank, on that list, I'm wondering about businesses that survey and ask their customers what they would like. Is there a product in their in their market that the customer wants or would like to see or would improve? I think that would be a good source, especially perhaps for new ideas and products and services. Yeah, and, and then that's research. And, and then, then you get in, and there's different levels of that, by the way. You know, there yeah. are companies all the time that are doing surveys and, and what you, you, you find that they're not serving for your company. They're surveying to sell their products to your company. But no, research is wonderful. That's part, uh, that's one of those, un- unfortunately, people cut that out of the budget. You know, when they're trying to trim costs, they cut money out of their business development. They cut money out of their employee training. I mean, you know, the our workforce needs three times the amount of training than they're presently getting in order to main, uh, remain competitive, much less move forward. And what the companies cut the most, training, <laughs> staff development, uh, marketing, research. The, these are know. the points that are their core, that keeps their core going, that keeps them th- sustaining. Those are the right Yeah, all of the points are important. So that's why, you know, I I came up with, you mentioned earlier, my business tree. And this book, uh, it's, this is my 10th book, uh, and uh, the big picture of business. And uh, it will be followed by the big picture of business book two and book three, because there's that much material. There aren't that many big picture business books out there. Most of them are niche focused. But anyway, you mentioned the business tree, and that was my, I think, third book. Uh, This was my 10th. And Nonprofit Legends, the current book uh, that's been around for several months, uh, is my ninth book. But when I came up with the business tree model, and I'll give you the shortest, most succinct uh, explanation, uh, as an advisor, consultant, advisor, strategist, whatever you want to call it, because different clients will call you different things. Uh, But you go in, and I would see what, and I'd ask them, you know, going back to your research question, what do you think are the biggest challenges for this company? What do you think are the problem areas? What are the opportunities? Most of them don't know. So you've got a, a, someone like me has to help put ideas in their mind, and then once you leave the room, they're their ideas. But anyway, what I found is what a lot of business folks, particularly entrepreneurs, think is the problem with their company isn't. You know, I mean, the people in Disney, and by the way, they love being thought of as a company that's changed and transitioned over the years. You know, they're about uh, impacting society. You know, they're not just movie makers. It's the oh, bigger goal of what they do. But, and, and people like me had to remind them of that. They knew it. They just need to be reminded This is The Spotlight with Tony D'Urso. Just ahead, we're going to find out more from Hank Moore, futurist and corporate strategist. But first, it's time for us to take a short break. See you back here in just a moment. Change starts here. Change starts now. Join us, the Voice America Influencers Channel. Are you ready for provocative discussions with some of today's most powerful movers and shakers? Tune in to The Art of Significance, featuring Dan Clark, the modern-day Napoleon Hill, who interviews the wealthiest, most successful celebrities and business leaders on the planet who are using their influence to change the world. 
From authors to entertainers, sports figures, educators to military leaders, Dan covers multiple topics. Tune in every Monday at noon Pacific, 3 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America Influencers Channel. Listen for In the Limelight with Clarissa Burt, international media celebrity, supermodel, and renowned beauty and lifestyle expert, as well as founder and CEO of Envelop Her, multimedia platform for women and sought-after inspirational speaker on women's issues. You'll connect with Clarissa's super influencer celebrity friends and experts as they speak about health, wealth, beauty, lifestyle, business, the love of giving, and the love of living a model life. Tune in every Tuesday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time, 2 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Influencers Channel. The future of online TV is here. View exclusive content from your favorite talk radio hosts and new programs that you can't see anywhere else. Visit voiceamerica.tv today. Hear the stories. Be motivated. Be inspired. Join us today. Voice America Influencers. You're listening to The Spotlight with Tony D'Urso. We'd love to hear from you via email. Be sure to send questions and comments to Tony at TonyDurso.com. Now, back to The Spotlight. All right, we're back with Tony D'Urso on The Spotlight. Today's show is with Hank Moore, futurist and corporate strategist. Hank provided senior-level advising services for more than 5,000 client organizations, including 100 of the Fortune 500, companies in transition, startup, re-engineering, mergers, going public, public sector entities, professional associations, and nonprofit organizations. He's worked with all major industries over a 40-year career. He advises at the executive committee and board levels, providing big picture ideas. All right, back to the chat with Hank. So when I came up with my business tree model, it was to it was to break down any organization into seven areas, and you address all seven. Branch one is core business. That generally represents twelve uh, percent of the emphasis of a company. Branch two is running the business, and that's where your technology and your physical plant operations and your manufacturing and all that, that's branch two. That's another 12%. And then branch three on the business tree is uh, financial. Well, you add those three together, and you're talking about 34%. For most businesses, they never get past branch three. In other words, the branches dealing with branches one, two, and three makes them, you know, when they say, we don't have time to get to the rest, we're so busy working in the business, we can't work on the business. So what they're doing is they're neglecting the two biggest branches, branch four, which is 28%, people, and that's where your training and and HR and all of that fit fit in. And then the the other big branch is business development, branch five. And there's your sales, marketing, advertising, public relations, research, just uh, all of that. Yeah, that's branch five. Well, then there's two other parts of the business tree that most businesses never address. You can't have a tree without a trunk. That's category six, I call that a body of knowledge, and that includes understanding all of the five major branches on the tree and the interrelationship of them to each other. The problem with most employees of companies is they see the big picture of the company in terms of their niche. Technology people, HR people, uh, operations people, quality management, you know, they're going to look at that their niche is the focus of the company. And the answer is no. They're all important. And another factor on that, Hank, is this world, I believe, and I'm sure you're going to add on to that as well. This world is getting more and more distracted making it more and more difficult to focus on what we have to do and even get some of the core points, let alone the research and these other points. That's making it tougher and tougher. How does your business tree, how can people get this business tree put in and implemented as well as some of these other points with this growing distraction for our attention? 
Interesting you mentioned that topic. That happens to be the chapter that I'm working on right now <laughs> for book two. And it's called Doing Business in a Distracted World. And it's true. Uh, you know, the average person, we used to say, uh, hears 900 bits of information per year, per day. Yeah, and I was going to say that was me per day, the, not year. <laughs> per day, yeah. And, and now... In, in an era of too much information, it's up to 1,300 bits per day. And that's from signs on the freeway saying, eat it, Joe's, to, you know, the umpteen emails and texts and all that stuff. So you add all of that together, people are inundated and they're distracted. And then when you get to, you know, what they do when they're distracted, uh, they... Um, make mistakes. They shortchange parts of the company. That's why most of them don't get any further than branch three is they're so busy running the company that they can't properly manage the people. They can't get the optimum performance out of the people. They can't get the optimum performance out of branch five. And then you get down to category six, you know, they might understand the relationship of the niche people to each other, but what they neglect a lot of the time is everything going on outside their company that could affect their ability to stay in business. That's part of category six also. I call that body of knowledge, understanding what regulations could or couldn't do for you, understanding what your competitors are really doing. I've been involved in writing maybe 400 strategic plans for different companies, and one of the first things we look at is what our competitors are doing wrong, and then we, you know, create additional <laughs> programs and services to best the marketplace that way. And then the final part of business tree is category seven, which is, you know, you can't have a tree without branches and, and, and limbs and all of that. And, and you can't, and then you've got to have earth to grow it in. So branch five is seven is the big picture. That's 7%. So the big picture has to overlook every single niche. So this this book that we're talking about, the new book, book 10, is basically there's something about every one of those niches and how they relate to the big picture. That's my strategy with business, is you look at the big picture, then you look at the pieces as they relate to the big picture, and then you look back at the big picture again. You do that, you're going to be pretty successful. And I'm just looking at your book now, and by the way, the tagline for the audience well, the title is The Big Picture of Business, and the, and the subtitle is Big Ideas and Strategies, Seven Steps Toward Business Success. And for the audience, if you just take a look down the table of contents, the business tree is detailed nicely in Chapter 4, as well as in this interview. And Hank really right. goes into some great points and lessons to learn from the past and it's really quite something. And as part of this, in terms of big ideas and strategies, I would like to know from your point, because you are a futurist, and I want to make sure we address some of that as well. I'd like to know yeah. if you have, you know, let's be, let's be Italian, let's be optimistic. If you have any optimistic views on the future, as well as maybe tell us about some more big ideas and strategies for us. Well, the future... Um is wonderful. I mean, there are people that say, um, you know, have our best times gone before us? No. Some great times came before us. Now, there's some at, you know, <laughs> in two years when I'm talking about my, my book, Pop Music Legends, is music is, is great and wonderful as it used to be? Well, let's just say it's different. <laughs> but uh, there's not the volume of music from which to abstract greatness as we used to have, you know, but that's that book coming up. But this is, but in terms of, of opportunities for business, you know, there's, there's four ways basically to grow a business. You can create a new mousetrap or widget, whatever you want to call it. In other words, innovate. That's one area. Then the second category is to, 
take someone else's widget idea and expand upon it. You know, not every company, I mean, some people invented computers and software, but the Category 2 innovators were people who did creative things with someone else's invention. And that's where a lot of the growth opportunity is. And then you get in the third category of businesses where, you know, they're not necessarily intended to be around forever. You know, there are entrepreneurs out there that will found companies, they'll create some intellectual property, and then they'll turn around and do a roll-up. Or they'll, they'll do a merger. You know, it's that it's in the planning and the strategy that you're going to hold on to that asset. And that's where some of the best opportunities are now. And I'm not just talking about grand corporate mergers. You know, uh, I'm talking about opportunities to set up partnerships. One thing in this post-recession era, by the way, there's a chapter in the book. Uh, there's There are some historical chapters in there. One of them talked about uh, what we learned and got out of uh, every economic downturn of, of the last hundred years, including the Great Depression, including the recession of 2008 and 2009. And I had a couple other chapters in there of lessons that we learned from the corporate scandals, including Enron. So, and, 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 and there was even a a chapter in there, as I recall, about, um, you know, how you take great ideas and how you take someone's scandal or downturn and how you turn it into something positive. So, and then the last piece of optimism that I would share, that the fourth prong, uh, the prongs basically are create new and creative mousetraps, which is going on in the world now. Second category is amplify someone else's mousetrap and make your process and your marketplace bigger and broader than theirs was. And then the third category is... uh, to uh, you know, learn from the downturns, learn from the missteps, and and move forward. Every company should do that. And then the fourth category is learn to work together. Um, you know, one of the things that I've learned, and and we, I think we talked about this uh, when we were when the nonprofit legends book came out, and we talked about charity and community life, and there are great lessons that we can learn from when people roll up their sleeves and work together. And the biggest trend in business, and it has been for probably 10, 15 years now, is collaborations, partnering, and joint venturing. And there's a chapter in the book on that. You know, This is the Spotlight with Tony D'Urso. Just ahead, Hank shares more insights and his contact info. But first, it's time for us to take a short break. See you back here in just a moment. This is the Voice America Influencers Channel. Be inspired. Want to improve your health, business, and life just by listening to a radio show? Well, we can at least move you in the right direction. Listen for Spotlight, the Allison H. Larson Show. Each week, Allison will speak with amazing guests and find out what's changed their lives and how they are changing the lives of others. From beauty to health to business and personal relationships, we're here to inspire you to live your life of passion. Listen every Tuesday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time, 1 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America Influencers channel. Do you believe that being fit is difficult? Do you think it requires turning in your favorite comfort foods for boring chicken and broccoli and spending hours in a gym? It doesn't. Tune into Have It All with Devin Alexander. Devin and her guest experts will show you how you can have it all at any age, from relationships to money to thinking bigger than you've ever imagined. Devin will fast track your goals to yummy reality. Tune in every Wednesday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time and 12 noon Eastern Time on the Voice America Influencers Channel. Have you had a chance to check out Voice America's online magazine and blog, Press Pass? If you love our hosts and shows, check out articles that give an even deeper perspective. Plus, topics about health and fitness, movie reviews, philosophy, business tips and tactics, spirituality, positive thought, current events, and even more about your favorite host. It's just a click away at VAPressPass.com. That's VAPressPass.com. VA Press Pass by Voice America. All access, all the time. 
We don't follow. We lead. Join us. The Voice America Influencers Channel. You're listening to The Spotlight with Tony D'Urso. We'd love to hear from you via email. Be sure to send questions and comments to Tony at TonyDurso.com. Now, back to The Spotlight. All right, we're back with Tony D'Urso on The Spotlight. Today's show is with Hank Moore, futurist and corporate strategist. The full title, including subtitles, for Hank's latest book is Nonprofit Legends for Humanity and Good Citizenship. Comprehensive reference on community service, volunteerism, nonprofits, and leadership. This book is nominated for the Pulitzer Prize. And now back to the chat. And there's also a chapter on, and it says here, the business leader as a community leader. And I know that's always a strategy for businesses, but how can you get into, let's discuss, how can you get into being a community leader? Because we know that's good for a business, but with all the people trying to do this and all the different things, what would be your methods to do that? Uh, that it be part of your planning. You've got to have a plan. You know, research, uh, Harvard Business School research tells us that only 2% of the organizations in America have real plans of action. That means that 98% do not. A lot of them think they have plans, but they might be sales quotas or marketing goals or advertising slogans. That's all back of the book stuff. That's not really the plan. And, And so... In answer to that question that you were asking about philanthropy, which is, you know, there was a lot of that in my previous book, um, about how companies, and if you remember, there was a chapter in that book on causal-related marketing, and it was tips and pointers for businesses on how to tie in with charitable and community causes. And what I said, you know, when we talked about that book, which is true, is businesses are not in business to give it all away, but when they do make donations and charitable tie-ins, it needs to count for something. So as part of your planning and strategy, look at your opportunity to align your executives in the community. One of the things that I learned, you know, to, to from, from way back, and I think we talked about this, the, I think the last time I was on the show, I was, you know, I, I started my career at a very young age without, going over the whole story, but my first mentor was the great Lady Bird Johnson, who who subsequently became First Lady of the United States. And she said to me, you are a visionary. And then she said, you are a humanitarian. And then she said, now grow into the roles. So I was always taught that you make your reputation on the charity circuit, in the community, and then if you do that the right way, people want to do business with you. you you're know, saying, and, you're and, saying be a philanthropist, donate to charities, get your name out there, and that will attract businesses that want to do more in business In part, you. you're doing it because it's the right thing to do, but if you're doing it strategically, Part of it is is how the business – and there are corporations that make this, what we're talking about right now, into a major part of their planning and strategy. You know, there are some companies that, that really uh, tie in with the right causes for the right reasons, and, they'll, and they're not just necessarily donating money. They're they're uh, marshalling volunteer time for a small business. Sometimes the research tells us that your employees putting on the company T-shirt and going out and participating occasionally in fun runs and things like that in the community that that will increase their worth to your company two to three times that they'll be thought of as loyal employees. And if they take pride in the company's posture in the community, they're going to think twice about going across the street and going to work for someone else. They're going to be more loyal. So there are a lot of reasons. And that's not the main thing, but the business leader is community leader. Most CEOs have 
postures in the community. Is it the major part of their work and their mission? No, it's a very small part, but it's still an important part. And some companies will do all the stuff that I just talked about for the wrong reasons. You know, there are some companies out there that will, you know, they're there for the photo opportunity, you know, at the opening of a homeless shelter or, you know, something like that. But then once the cameras leave, they never do anything that they said they were going to do. And that's wrong. So, but, so yeah, the business, one of the things that, that a lot of companies have been doing, and this has been a change in, in business over the last, oh, say, 20 years, that, that companies are seeing, I refer to them as air apparent programs. They set up leadership programs to nurture mid-managers and people on the way up so that they'll stay with the company and be very valuable. Uh, I've advised a lot of those kind of people. I, I had a large banking uh, organization one time. The chairman of the bank called me, and he said, uh, uh, would you work with this young guy? He's on his way up and help mentor him. And I did. His name was and still is Mark Shapiro, and he was uh, you know, coming up the ranks in Texas Commerce Bank, and today he's vice chairman of the board of Chase Manhattan Bank in New York, and my advice was pick charitable causes that your boss doesn't champion. Uh, you know, in your case, I think you should be seen as an advocate for inner city redevelopment, rather where your boss is real active in the arts and education. You pick your own causes, and he did. And he's continuing to do that. And there's some other names that the public wouldn't know. But, yeah, corporate leaders, the good ones are going to do good guy stuff in the community. And it's not a major part of their investment of time, but it's an important one. And then a lot of the best part to end that part of the discussion is nurture other people in your organization to do the heavy lifting. There are some companies, I mean, can we say major accounting firms that have quotas of community involvement. Every major partner is expected to serve on two charitable boards and to do a certain amount of networking on behalf of the business in the community. And that's what the big accounting firms, you know, it's in law firms, they all do good guy stuff and they understand that that's part of their right to do business. Thank you so much for sharing all that, Hank. Very informative. And before we go, I'd like to know, would you like to provide any contact information of, of how our audience can get a hold of you? Uh, well, oh yes, the, uh, the, the book is, uh, is out now. In fact, uh, it's called The Big Picture of Business. That's my 10th book. And it just went, uh, it's out on Amazon. You can, you can get the Kindle edition, the uh, uh, hardback print edition just came on the market. It doesn't officially go in bookstores until September 4th, but you but it's live on Amazon now and my of course my website is www.hankmore.com and that's and, more uh, m o o two o's m o o r e. Yeah, h a n k m o o r e.com. And the other books, they're out there. <laughs> it's uh, uh, Nonprofit Legends, and the one before that was Pop Icons and Business Legends. And that one is kind of a companion book to the new one, Big Picture of Business. Uh, and then I had some other ones uh, back there. One of the things that we've, we've talked about on the show before is really I've got two categories of books. Most authors don't. Uh, some of them are business books, uh, which includes the business tree, and, and I had another one before that called The High Cost of Doing Nothing, and it talks about the mistakes that companies make, and the, and the process of remediating mistakes makes you a stronger, more profitable company. Uh, that was book three, I think it was. And then my second series of books are what we call, what I call the Legends books, and they're more pop culture uh, fun, entertaining, but there is some business content in them. And in fact, 
the one uh, the next one in that series that I'm working on is pop music legends and it's basically understanding every major trend in the music industry of the last 125 years and it's going to have about 50 chapters it's a very long exhaustive book it's- that's quite something I know that you've also done a number of interviews on different music cultures different types of music over the years you have a very long list of those well, yes, and 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 I, I was one of the other halls of fame that most people are surprised to know that I'm a member of is the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, uh, which and and I got inducted into that in 1992 by none other than Sonny and Cher, the entertainers, and. Uh, because I had been a disc jockey earlier in my career, and I knew about trends in music, and I'd emceed concerts, and I'd met a lot of the greats uh, of the music industry, including Frank Sinatra, The Beatles, Elvis Presley, and others. But, you know, the thing about the celebrities, and, and, and those celebrities are big businesses, too. One of them, for example, that I had, and he was in another one of my books called Houston Legends. His name is Kenny Rogers, and his philosophy of life was that the way you handle yourself in the downtimes, meaning when your records are not on the chart during that year, that that's going to portend to your future. Put that in a business context, that there's always going to be cyclical activity. And what happens when you're in the lean and mean downtimes? The way in which you handle it and strategize it is going to bring you your next comeback strategy and businesses you know one of the other guys that i met in the music world you know biggest stars in the world frank sinatra said to me one time uh he said well no one's number one forever so true so you know we all come back and we all reinvent ourselves businesses just like entertainers just like movie stars just like sports figures you know sometimes you're just you know your batting average is as high one year as it was another year and the good part about being number two is that you try harder (laughs) <laughs> well, that's right. That's that, that's right. And 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 there's something to be said. That's part of the era of parents. Sometimes the best, most, you know, the best utility player in the company is the vice president, and and the era of parents that are on the way up because they, you know, plant the seeds of great ideas, and then the top guy claims credit later, but. Um, you know, there's great, op- you know, in conclusion to what you was, we were talking about earlier, the best days are not behind. The best days are understanding what happened in the early days of a company's history, update it for the future, bring in more people, diversify. That's the topic we had gotten into too much. Diversity is a wonderful thing. Quality is a wonderful thing. You know, these are other chapters in in other books. But, you know, they're all wonderful things, but how you sort it all together is your planning and your strategy. So if people that are listening, you know, um, you know, I, I speak at conferences all the time. They could have me come speak to them. Disney did once, many times, actually. Yeah, and, 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 you know, but, but again, the great ideas sometimes are learning how other companies didn't change, why they went out. Uh, one of my books, I mean, we talk about even Coca-Cola, one of the, you know, big beverage, you know, had a business hiccup a few years ago with the new Coke. They made some categoric mistakes, but they recovered quickly. Uh, I represented the saccharin industry years ago after it had been banned, claiming the government claimed that saccharin caused cancer. And rather than, than dispute it, saying, well, our research says otherwise, we just simply went about a logical process of building public support so we could put our product back on the market. And 40 years later, it's a staple, you know, artificial sweeteners are a staple of everybody's diets now. Hank, I want to thank you so much for being on the spotlight here. You've shared so much wisdom and everything. And I want to make sure everyone in the audience 
goes to Amazon or goes to Hank Moore, M-O-O-R-E.com and gets a copy of The Big Picture of Business. It's got a lot of information. And this isn't yeah. just if you're in corporate or an entrepreneur or a solopreneur. Yeah. If you are in a career or a career-minded, this is information here that can take you up levels in your company or maybe someday start your own company. But this has great earth-shattering, not earth-shattering, but basics that you would think are earth-shattering, but there's some really great strong points here. So please make sure you pick up a copy of this, The Big Picture of Business by Hank Moore. Hank, I want to thank you once again for sharing all of this with us. Great interview. I love it. And of course, with your next book and uh, with any important updates, I'd love to have you back on again. Indeed, yeah. Well, great. My pleasure. Thank you. And to our Spotlight audience, thanks again. It's our honor to have you listen. All right. Keep your focus on success, and I'll see you next on The Spotlight. We hope you've enjoyed this week's edition of The Spotlight with Tony D'Urso. Be sure to tune in again next Friday at 4 p.m. Eastern Time, 1 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Influencers Channel. Now, enjoy the weekend.